Hey kids, it's me, Asher Robots. We're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of World's Famous. This time around, we're going to open some Star Trek cards. going to talk Voyager. We're going to open a G.I. Joe. It's going to be... It's going to be like a hoot and a half, dude. So let's let's get to it. Nary a delay. Grandmaster Grandpa, drop the beat. Okay, I see robot. I am on the tech 12. This is one time for your mind. The world's famous IC Robots show. As we join in, IC Robots is on his dirt bike heading downtown to Television 50's studio. There are zombies everywhere. Oh my gosh, there are zombies everywhere. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to head through the park on my bike if I'm, if I'm gonna have any hope of making it. Sorry, uh, sorry for anybody out there in the parks department. I'm, uh, near downtown. Hey, bro. Sorry to get in your way, but you were going really fast. What the heck, Derek? Oh, my... Oh, my, my dirt bike is wrecked, dude. I gotta... I gotta get the TV-50, man. Get, get out of my way. Let me have that cube you said I can have. I really need it. What are you talking about, dude? Let me... Let me get up. I don't have any food cubes. I never said I was gonna give you a food cube. I think... I think I hurt my ribs. Sure you did. Back at your house. You said you'd give me a cube or two. What are you talking about, dude? Okay, listen. I need the cube, dude. I didn't even talk to you, dude. I just, like, I bounced down on my dirt bike, man. I don't know what you're talking about. If you don't give it to me, I am going to get a little upset. Oh, man. Those, those zombies are getting close. I gotta, I gotta get up. I gotta, oh, I gotta, I have to run, dude. This is gonna hurt. I gotta do it. Derek, I gotta go to TV 50, man. I gotta spread the news about this. I'm out of here, dude. I'll, I'll, I gotta go. Man, fine. I will wait out here until you are done. But don't forget the cube. Oh, man. Oof. Finally made it. The doors are locked. Let me, let me in. Let me in. Let me in. I know what to do. I know the cure. Hold your horses. I'm getting there, man. Dude, what can I do for you? Man, you gotta let me in. I, I, I know the cure. I know how to fix what's going on. Dude, just let me come in. You do? Oh snap. Come on in, dude. Let's get you on the air. New word from the nation's top scientists on the zombie virus that appeared just two weeks ago. Now let's return to Earth. open a pack of weird trading cards. This is the new TV guide. Just open it up and boom, you're there. Inside Star Trek Voyager, an exclusive conversation with Captain Janeway, her first work with Bad Boy Q and their longtime friendship. When you want to be there, get inside TV guide. All right, my guys, we are back. It is me, I see robot. My man. And I myself am a gigantic Star Trek fan. I love the Trek. I love the original series. I love Next Gen. I love DS9. I love Discovery. And most of all, I love Star Trek Voyager. Now, I understand it's not it's not the best of all the Star Treks, but it has a special place in my heart. The wife and I were dating at the time, and we were both we're both like big Trek fans, and this was 
this was the trek that was airing while we were going out. And this was also the period of time where we were, like, living our lives and working our works and stuff. So we would tape it, and then we would come home, and we would watch it. This is back in the day of setting the VCR to tape it and just, like, rewinding it and watching it. It was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. So Voyager has, like, a super special place in my heart. More so than any of the other treks. I think... I think probably DS9 is the best Trek. Honestly, maybe like Next Gen is the best best Trek. I don't know. They're all they're all good in their own way, and they're all fun in their own way. There's no such a thing as bad Star Trek. But um, at at any rate, what I have right here in my hand is two packs of Star Trek Voyager profile cards. These are by Skybox. They come wrapped in foil, and there's nine cards. Per pack. Let's see if it says what year these came out. These came out in 1998. It is a, let's see, a 80, a 90, a 90 card set. And the way it kind of works is there are various cards of the different characters. Catherine Janeway, Chakotay, Paris, Tuvok, Balana Torres, Harry Kim, Seven of Nine, The Doctor, Neelix, Kess, all the way down to a checklist. And it kind of works like there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards, eight, nine cards of some people, a different amount of cards for uh, different characters as well. There's only like, it's only like seven um, Harry Kims, and there's only like a few of the Doctor. But the way it's going to work is like, this is the first time you've ever seen Star Trek Voyager in a card pack. So for example... Card number one is Catherine Janeway. That's the first time Janeway appeared on a card. That's her rookie card. Card number 10 through um, 18 are Chakotay. So card number 10 would be the rookie card of Chakotay. The ones that we are going to be looking out for is card number six. This is Catherine Janeway reflects on seven of nine. And they show her with seven of nine. Then you go all the way down and card number 55 is the first profile card of seven of nine. These are the two cards in the set that have a value beyond uh, the other cards. I myself would be happy with um, I'd be happy with a rookie of a uh, Janeway or uh, Harry Kim. I'd also be happy with Tuvix. Of course, I want the seven of nine. But any of the rookie cards of any of the characters would be fine. Let's get let's get the Vidal brand uh, Vidal Sassoon brand scissors cut through the foil and let's open the first pack. The first one we have is a card of Balana Torres. This is card number number 42, not the rookie. Then we have the Doctor, also not the rookie card of the Doctor. It's number 68. Then we have Captain's Log. Harry Kim, and it says, Harry is certainly not the green young ensign he was when they first came aboard. Harry loves the adventure and the new experiences we're finding on our journey. This is, these are words from the great Catherine Janeway about, the you know, the pretty cool Harry Kim. Then we have a uh, card of various makeups of the thing. They're showing, like, different prosthetic makeups and heads and foreheads and stuff. That's pretty cool. I could dig it. Then there is a card of Tuvok. This is the card that you would send in. It has a, a place for your name and your address, and you could enter into a contest to get autographed versions of the cards. That's the one you would use for this. This... This one here is the Crew Manifest of Neelix, card number 73. This is, this is in fact, the rookie card of Neelix. Let's sit this over here. There you go, Neelix. Your rookie card shall be honored in the future. Then we have an alien encounter. That is a uh, Neelix in disguise. 
Let's take a look. Card number 81. That's cool. Neelix is in disguise as a Ferengi. Here's one. Crew Manifest of Tuvok. Card number 28. I think the Crew Manifest are the rookie cards. Let's scroll ahead. This is, in fact, the rookie card of the great, the great Tuvok. Lieutenant Commander Tuvok has been Janeway's trusted friend and confidant since beyond Voyager's first mission into the Badlands. Tuvok was an undercover Federation agent on board Chakotay's Makai, Maki, rather, ship. Let's sit that over there with Neelix. And then we have, we have a card of Seven of Nine. This is card number 56. This is one past the one we want. We want number 55, but it's a nice pick. Nice pick of Jerry Ryan. Catherine Janway's behind her looking over her shoulder. Let's, let's sit that over there. So we did, in fact, get two pretty cool cards. We didn't get the ones we wanted per se, but the cards we got are fun, so we're happy to have those. Let's sit that over there, and then we got Crew Manifest, Balana Torres. Let's see, card number 37, Snoogans. Uh, this is the fact, the rookie card of good old Balana Torres. Then we have Harry Kim's personal log. Let's see what Homeboy had to say. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I focused on that when I thought, when I first encountered the clown. A physical manifestation of the fear created by the hibernating survivors of the coal settlement. Good for you with that corny tweet there, uh, Harry Kim. Then we have another one of Bellana Torres. Then the personal log of Tom Paris. Let's see what, uh, Tom has to say. I have everything I ever wanted. Respect, a beautiful girlfriend, a ship to pilot. So why am I avoiding my duties in the sick bay? Because... You don't like it. You want to be a pilot, not a doctor. Let's uh see here. We got autograph challenge. This is the one we have to mail in if you want to get Catherine Janeway. Then we got personal log of Janeway. She says, I've always believed myself a woman of science. Dun, 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 dun. Then um, one of Neelix here. And the final two cards we're going to have here is the personal log of Kess. The weak will perish. The pilot of the bio ship sent me that ominous thought telepathically. It wasn't the Borg we needed to worry about. It was Species 8472. Yeah, those guys, those guys are pretty harsh. Then we got the crew manifest of the Doctor. This is, in fact, the rookie card of the Doctor. So we didn't get the ones we wanted, but we did get the rookie card of Neelix. And we got the rookie card of Bolana Torres. We got the rookie card of Tuvok. And the rookie card of the Doctor, as well as the second appearance of Seven of Nine. So that's... That's not bad. I think out of all these, my favorites are probably the Doctor and uh, Tuvok. The Doctor's kind of the main character on the show in some ways. They, they a lot of times look through his eyes and it's just, uh, I don't know, man. The Doctor's a very interesting character. It's neat to see a hologram that has grown to be as great as he is. So there you go, guys. We opened up those. We had some good time. We got some cool cards. We had some fun. Most of all, we had fun and that's that's the most important thing of all when it comes to cards, dude. Not money, but fun. Let's uh, let's shut the door on this and move forward into some Japanese League Baseball. Was, shot down, was in a coma for a few days, escaped from the Afghanistan, and now he's in Miami Beach training of all things. Charge. Charge. This week in Japanese League Baseball. Game 1 of the Central League Playoffs saw the Yomagiri Giants versus the Yukold Sparrows Game 1. The Swallows struck first with three runs in the bottom of the first. Yasutaka Shiomo scored on a Murakami flyout to shortstop, which was followed by a Domingo Santana two-run home run. 20-year-old Okayua Maddox shut down the Giants in fewer than 100 pitches. Final score, Swallows 3, Giants 0. 
game two saw the Swallows score first on a sacrifice fly this time in the second inning. They added four more runs in the bottom of the sixth thanks to a base loaded walk and a Shiomi bases clearing for home. Takashi allowed just two hits in his six innings of work and the bullpen allowed just one base runner in the final three frames to complete the shutout. Final score, Swallows 5, Giants 0. Game 3. The Giants scored their first run of the series in the top of the third as a walk and a single put a runner on third for Sakamoto who had to sacrifice fly to center. Mercedes pitched six innings of shutout, one hit ball, but Rubby De La Rosa took over in the seventh and stumbled. A hit and two walks loaded the bases and Aoki single to left, two men scored. The Giants got one back at the top of the eighth, but were unable to take the lead as Scott McGough recorded three outs in the top of the ninth and the Giants were eliminated in the game that they did not have to lose. Final score, Swallows 2, Giants 2. two. The way that this works in this situation is that in an event of a tie, the team that won the division wins the game. Therefore, the Swallows advance. That was this week in Japanese League Baseball. Our next bit of information is on IC Robot's recent purchase of a G.I. Joe figure of some sort. Let's hear something about that. If you insist. Let's hear something about that. If you insist. I do insist as a matter of fact. I have had this G.I. Joe figure sitting on my office floor for I don't even know how long. I'm not even kidding. Let's see. It was mailed to me initially uh, October 1st. And I've been sitting on it all this time because, I don't know, man, we had a month of uh, audio handbooks and we had time off and we're talking motus and I, I don't know, it's just, uh, I've been in, uh, in wait. And now the time has finally come. Let's, let's pop this guy open. He is in a, he's in a cardboard box. It's a bark box. I guess that's like, that's like the one that they send for dogs. I don't really go for these boxes, honestly. I... I don't like to be surprised, you know, if I'm going to spend money on something, I kind of want to know what it is, and I just, I don't like the surprise, I realize that's a big part of the uh, selling point, but it's like, if I'm going to spend money, I want to like pick and choose what I'm going to get, you know what I mean, but uh, you know, whatever dude, whatever floats your boat, if you like them, you like them, and that's, that's cool for you, let's see, the figure fits perfectly in this box, I'm, I'm going to keep this one for some time when I have to mail out a figure to somebody. does happen every once in a while. There's a lot of bubble wrap too, so whoever wrapped this did a very, very good job, and I want to send them kudos. I will give them some uh, positive eBay feedback on that. Let's put that in there. I can also save the bubble wrap. Save all your packing material, dudes, because you never you never know, and it's good, to, uh, it's good to reuse things. Reuse, recycle is one way to save the earth. The figure we have right here in our hands is a guy that goes by the name of Lonzo, Stalker Wilkinson. This is from the new retro line, not the new O-rings that haven't come out yet. This is from the ones that are probably going to end up getting killed because the O-ring ones are coming out. But, uh, Stalk is my favorite character in all of G.I. Jodum. I, I just dig him, dude. I dig his beret. I dig his life story. All, all kinds of stuff. Let's, uh, let's find out. What can you tell us about Stalker today? You would never have thought, but before Stalker joined the army, he was the leader of a large street gang in Detroit. Life in the gang tempered him into a ferocious fighter and a leader capable of controlling rambunctious men. Stalker is a graduate from Monterey's Army Languages School, Fort Hollabird's Intelligence School, and Fort Benning's Ranger School. His fluency in a variety of languages, 
including French, Arabic and Swahili, means he is a hard man to fool. Stalker, along with Hawk, would be responsible for selecting the members that would comprise the original Joe team. He was, in effect, serving as second-in-command to Hawk until Duke came on board. See, man, it sounds like our guy's stock got the, uh, short end of the stock, as they say. He was, uh, he was in the Vietnam squad and initially became the G.I. Joe dudes, and then this dork Duke came around and, uh, well, you know what happens, man. Aryan, blonde, Duke takes over from Stock, who's from the streets, former gang leader. You know, it's a story as old as time, dude. I I hate it, but it is it is what it is. But uh this stock figure is really great. He looks awesome here on the card. Let's let's pull him out. Let's see what it says on the back of the card though. Generals may win campaigns, but it's the sergeants who win the battles, mostly by yelling and kicking butt. That's how I uh that's how I get things done too. I yell and I kick butt. Let's um let's get the Arthur Fonzarelli Brand switch just to kind of pull the card up a little bit. I don't, I don't want to like decimate the figures when I open them up. Let's got that open. I almost chopped my my arm off, but uh, you know, it is what it is. I survived. We're gonna pull him out of the of the packaging here. He comes with a stand. He has two guns. He has the gun that comes famously with Stalker, the same gun that uh the OG figure has. I'm gonna pull Stalk out. Come on, Stalk. I dropped him. Let's grab him right here under the desk. Shout out to Preston. Um, pull that machine gun out. He has two guns, two rifles, a pistol, and also a blade. That's pretty cool. Our guy is very well equipped. Let's, um, I can't get the knife out. Let me use my knife to remove Stock's knife. Gotta get it in here. It's taped in. Very well, very secure. We're gonna pull that out right now. Da, 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 da. Did I drop it? Yeah, I dropped it onto the keyboard. Move that over here. Let me let me shut the Arthur Fonzarelli brand switch. We don't wanna we don't wanna get stabbed. Let's see. He he can hold this gun in this hand. Put it in here. Very cool. And then his pistol goes into his holster here. I don't know where the blade goes. Oh, the blade can go on his bandolier. Very, very cool. It goes right across his chest. You can stick the blade in there. This is, this is a nice figure. Very akin to like a 25th anniversary one, but um, I, I like how he's more like a reimagined, not reimagined. He's more of a modernized version of the original figure with better details, better uh, articulation, better sculpting the the plastic is softer, which is nice, because my original Stalker, I have an OG Stalker from the famous, uh, famous cancer charity, um, figure find, and he's, he's getting brittle. His crotch already broke, I glued it back on, no big deal, I don't care, he's just my figure, but he's getting very, very, very brittle, and I don't wanna, I don't wanna mess around with him, I don't wanna take him out, I don't wanna take pictures of him, because I don't wanna be the fool who destroys their Stalker because they're playing with him. Let's... Let's pull his stand out. It's, it says Sergeant Stalker. He's a Sarge. Sergeant Stalker, better than Sergeant Slaughter. I think straight up Slaughter would uh, get slaughtered by Stalker, but that's just me. I think Stalker's just a really great figure. I love that background of like, he was in a gang. Then he joined the biggest gang there is, the U.S. Army. And he excelled. I... I see it like one of those like Paris or prison kind of things you'd hear about, like in World War II, dudes would get arrested. And they're like, listen, boy, 
you can either go to Paris and fight in the war, or you can go to prison. And dudes would be like, going to Paris and end up being like great soldiers. I don't even know what I would do. I guess I'm not a criminal, so I wouldn't really be in that position. But uh, I would also choose Paris, I guess. You can really make something of your life. And hey, if it's not turning out, you can just run away. Just go AWOL, I guess. That's not my bag, but uh, you could. You could do it. You can't really go AWOL from jail. That's called escaping, and you're going to live your life on the run. It doesn't, um, it doesn't seem worth it to escape from prison. I mean, I realize prison's awful. I get it. I don't ever want to go there, but it seems like you have to live the rest of your life on the run, and they're going to find you. They're going to find you, and if they find you, they're going to put you in, like, a super max or some, like, super wax, super secure prison, so it's going to be worse than it was in the first place. I don't know what you do if you're in this situation. I guess you just suffer. You just suffer and live it out, but uh, let's hope... Let's hope none of us out there end up in the clink. That's my that's my wish for you guys. Don't go to the clink. It's not fun. Uh, Lonzo, though, you know, he chose to go to Vietnam instead of going to the clink. That's, that's a tough one. In that situation, I might choose the clink. But I kind of, I kind of imagine that, like, when you go in, the guards, the racist guards say, like, this boy here, he didn't want to go to Nam. He's a deserter. He chose to be in here. And then, like, the rednecks inside there beat you up. Or whatever. That's that's how I would see it if this were like a 70s action movie starring Lonzo. You know, I I would like to see some G.I. Joe movies that are kind of like the origin stories of the figures. And then they lead into like where they become a team. Now, I don't think that these even have to be like big time movies. It could be like HBO Max movies or whatever. Whoever owns the rights to Hasbro's. Just like an hour long adventure where you see Lonzo being a member of the Neutrons. And then uh, they clash with the Protons, shout out to WKRP, and in the end, he gets arrested, he goes to jail, and he's in jail, but then you see him go to Nam, and he fights in the jungles of Nam, he knows, he knows a young Snake Eyes, he knows a young Scarlet, all these people, and it leads to him eventually becoming a member of G.I. Joe. You could do one of these for each of the key characters, and then kind of, then kind of spin it off into like a group thing, like the Avengers, but I don't know, man, I... I'm also fine just reading the comic books. I don't really feel like these have to be movies or anything. The thing for me, though, like coming up G.I. Joe, coming up G.I. Joe when I was young, G.I. Joe was Vietnam. The dudes were like Vietnam vets. And to keep the story interesting to me, I feel like it has to be the, the Vietnam era. They have to be like dudes who were in the army in the 70s and then they become crack commandos in the 80s. But, uh... I understand how you have to you have to make it more modern and the dudes have to fight in like Desert Storm or whatever. But uh, to me, man, there's just like, there's some kind of allure to Vietnam. When we were kids, Vietnam was like the war. Like World War II was like the war of our grandparents. World World War One was, uh, I don't know, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents. But like Vietnam was like the war that like our fathers, our uncles, and people that we knew were actually in. And every once in a while we'd hear stories about them and how bad they were. And it's always, it's always had this allure to me. Like, I don't want to go there. Don't want to be in it. Would never want to be in it. But, uh, it was always interesting to hear about it. Hear these crazy stories from people, uh, who were there. So I, I've always found that to be just like a key part of the, uh, G.I. Joe mythos. The Vietnam. But, um, Lonzo's dope. Let's see. He has like a bandolier and like a, a waist thing, like a holster. And he has a gun right here. I like how, I like how his material of his uniform is like clearly, uh, cotton. Like, it's not, it's not, like, some kind of fancy armor. It's not anything like that. He doesn't have, like, a bulletproof vest. I mean, I would wear a bulletproof vest, but, like, he doesn't have one. He just has, he just has his camouflage, 
cotton pajamas. As a matter of fact, when I was younger, I had a set of like a camouflage, like, what do you call them? Like long underwear, like a long underwear bottoms and long underwear tops that I used to wear as pajamas that are very similar to Stalker's uniform. I also had, I had a tent. It was like a tent that attached to your mattress, right? And you would, um, like go inside and pretend you were in Vietnam. I had a camouflage one, as a matter of fact. So I was in there in my cami pajamas, in my cami tent, pretending that I was in Nam, pretending I was stalker and that there were VCs all around. I was, I was into that when I was a kid, but then, uh, you know, you grow up, but, uh, some of us don't. Some of us end up joining the military and that's all good, man. It's all good in the hood. Some of us fantasize, some of us do. I myself, I fantasize, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I really do like this figure. I like how posable he is. The face. The face sculpt is really good. This is not not a bad line. I imagine that they are going to end up canceling it because dudes wanted O-rings. And guess what? Hasbro gave you O-rings figures. If you don't know, the original 1980s G.I. Joes, 80s, 90s G.I. Joes were held together by an O-ring in their waist that attached to their legs. And we call them O-ring G.I. Joes. That's the old style. Nowadays, they have what you call a T-crotch. Because it's shaped like the letter T and it holds the leg in place and it bends at the waist, but there is no, there is no rubber O-ring in them. The O-ring is something people are very nostalgic for, but uh, they're going back to it and it's going to be cool and I'm looking forward to it. But until then, we have these nice T-crotch, I think I've said crotch like five times during this review, but it is what it is, man. G.I. Joes are heavily involved with their crotches. <laughs> Let's see, we, we did go, it was, um, it was a cold day and there weren't a lot of vendors and we actually, actually like slept in a lot later than, uh, we would have, we would have wanted to, to get a good jump on the, you know, the flea market festivities, but we, we, we made it down there. We got down there and I got up on a, I got up on some cool stuff. Ugh. I apologize, I gotta roll across the room again. Picture me like, like I'm the real Jeffrey Lebowski rolling around the West Wing in seclusion, but I am, uh, I am back. I got, I got my flea market things right here, and I'll, I'll go over them in, like, the order, the order in which I got them. The first thing I got is a book called The Pictorial History of Wrestling, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. It is written by, it is written by, I... I didn't know. George Napolatino. I I had this book when I was a child. This was like my first entree into the greater world of wrestling. I picked this up. I picked this up at Walden Books. And what it is is a it's like a series of bios about all the top dudes in the wrestling game at the time. Like let's let's just open it up randomly. You pull up right here. It's like the fabulous ones, the tag team, the fabulous ones, Mike Graham. From Florida, Hulk Hogan, of course, Austin Idol, Billy Jack Haynes, Junkyard Dog, Mill Moscaris, uh, Pedro Morales, and Jumbo Sharuda. And it has like two or three page bios and photos of all the dudes. And back in back in the day, I was like into WWF and OT WWF. But once I got this, it really introduced me to like a much, a much larger universe of wrestling. This is in my hand a small like paperback copy of the book and my copy was a bigger like a hard book back I still I still have it but the both the covers are gone it's just like 
It's just like some flippy floppy pages because I read this thing, I read this thing to death and I was so happy and I couldn't believe it when I saw this on a, on my homeboy Max's table. It cost $5. I felt like that was just like, that was more than fair for a tome of this quality. This, this book is full of pictures of like bloody headed wrestlers, like dudes wearing crimson masks is the, the order of the day in this book. And when I was a kid, man, this used to like, this used to trip me out like crazy because I couldn't, I couldn't figure out like in, in my mind because I, I, I had a feeling that like the WWF was like totally fake. It seemed totally fake. I liked it. I enjoyed it and I watched it, but it did seem fake. But then I'm looking at these pictures and these guys are like covered in blood. They're like battered and beaten and covered with blood. And in my young mind, I thought, you know, WWF might be fake, but I don't think this other stuff, this other stuff doesn't look fake. I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. This shaped my view of wrestling for the longest time. I love this book, and I am super, I'm super happy to have it back. And I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. This is a, this is going to go into a place of honor. The second thing I found in chronological order is a, it's a VHS tape of the movie Seven Minutes in Heaven, starring Jennifer Connelly. This one came out in um, 1986. I've never seen this movie. This is a very young Jennifer Connelly. I'm thinking she's like 15, 16. This is around the around the time of Labyrinth. Jennifer Connelly is one of my favorite actresses. She was like a early Hollywood crush of mine, and like I followed her career all the way to uh, watching her on, um, still watching her on TV on Snowpiercer, and still enjoying her work to this day. This is like some early work. It's cool. I have never seen this. Like I just said, I am gonna watch it. I'm gonna pop this in the uh, the good old VCR and check it out. I. I imagine it's all right. I've read the Wikipedia review. It's kind of, it's kind of like a coming of age sort of a teenage love kind of deal. Not necessarily like something your dude will necessarily be into. It says a teenage movie that adults will love. It's classified as a comedy. It says Natalie, Jeff, and Polly share a big problem: being 15 years old. But they also share a lot of laughs because luckily they all have each other. You, you get the idea. But it's cool. It's nice. It was a blockbuster copy. It's very faded. The cover's faded, which is, which is always kind of cool. It's gonna go over here with my, uh, my Jennifer Connelly movies, my Mulholland Falls, my uh, career opportunities, what, what have you. And then check it out. This is the interesting thing that I came upon this week. I went uh, by this one vendor that I that I do like. He's a good guy, pretty friendly. Um, his prices are a little higher than I like, but he does he does negotiate and he has interesting stuff. He has like a whole Atari right now. He has an Atari twenty six hundred, completely set up with all the uh, games that you would want, like all the classics and plus some other ones. I I do want to get an Atari twenty six hundred for the office to put it on the put it on the floor. I want to I think that would be a hoot and a half, man. Like you have company over, you're like, "Hey, let's go play some combat." And you can pop it in and play on a an old black and white TV and that would, you know, it's good good times. But uh I haven't asked about the price cuz sometimes he's a little high. But um at at any rate, I I was looking over his stuff. He has like a main table, like a folding table that he hangs out at, and then there's like some other stuff over on a tarp on the ground. The tarp stuff is generally lower priced and I'm I'm going through the tarp stuff and I see a uh, a cap gun. I like cap guns. I don't have a big collection. I have one or two, but I, I've sold a few cap guns in the past. People are nuts for these. And this one, this one was made in Italy. It had a, it looks realistic. That's one of the things people are really looking for when it comes to cap guns. But um, it was, it was by this company, RTS, made in Italy. And it said uh, 1965 on the side. So I, I made the dude an offer. He wanted five bucks. I said, how about three? He said, no, but I'm still looking at it going, you know, this is, uh, this is kind of interesting. So I, 
I found a Rimco Sergeant Rock bad guy. I think they're literally called the bad guys. But I found a bad guy soldier on the blanket. And I said, well, check it out. I'll give you five bucks if you throw in the bad guy. And he said, yeah, you know, that's that's cool, man. I'll do it. So I felt like that was that was like a fair deal for both of us. I got the Rimco guy. Then I got this. So we're both... We're both happy, and uh, I go home, and I, you know, I look at, I look it up on the, on the online because mainly I'm hoping that it's worth like a grip because I've sold a couple of these, and they were, they both went for a grip. People go crazy for these, so I'm thinking maybe this one, maybe this one also will uh, go for a fat stack of uh, of bags. But um, I look at it closer, and I look at it more, and I'm like, you know, I don't think this is a cap gun. It feels, it feels a little too heavy. It's a little too realistic. The part where you'd put in the caps isn't there. Uh, there's like a hole through the barrel. So I start looking at it. And I'm like, you know, I think this might be like a real gun of some sort. So I I checked out like the serial number. There's a serial number on the side. I checked out the serial number and the model number. And it turns out it's a starter pistol, like for shooting blanks at the beginning of a race. But um, it's kind of an interesting flea market find. I'm now the uh, the proud owner of a Italian starter pistol. From the 60s, I, f- I feel like, I don't know, Wyatt Earp or something. But, um, nah, it, it's kind of cool, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm just gonna put it over on the, uh, on the shelf next to the other cap gun. Kind of a fun, kind of a fun, kind of a weird find. Um, let's see. Anything, anything else? Went to the Sebastopol flea market. That's the other one in the, the next town over. And we got some fruit. We bought some cut up fruit with, like, the spicy stuff on top. There wasn't, like, a lot there. But that one, that one to me is, like, where we go get snacks. We'll look around. We go through the whole thing. And from time to time, we do find fun stuff when we know a lot of people who vend over there. And uh, that's always, it's always more social than, than anything. Get a snack, talk to people. But um, today was, yesterday, rather, was, was kind of slow. Kind of whack. We did get the fruit. But um, we were in and out for the most part. It's nice, nice to get your steps. Let's, uh... Let's move forward into another segment. The final segment? Yeah, I think it's going to be the last one, but we'll move forward right into that. I'm here at one with nature, clearing my mind, clearing my thoughts, getting myself prepared spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I've forgotten what it's like to lose. This is World's Famous with your host, PC Robots. That is, in fact, true. I've forgotten what it's like to lose, but uh, check it out, man. This is the last segment of the show. We're going to get ready to uh, take it home. I hope that you've had a good time. I've had a good time. It's been fun. Let me adjust the uh, the earphones on there. Now, nah, man, it's been fun. Had a good time making this for you guys. If you if you want to show a bit of appreciation, you can always hop on over to supportthereport.com. And check that out. That's the that's the Patreon page. Lately, I've been doing weekly episodes of a new show called uh, At The Movies, which started off with me just, like, generally, like, reviewing whatever movie I saw that week. But then I added, like, uh, some other thoughts on movies and stuff. Any other thought on movies and stuff? Any other thought on movies and stuff? Where I talk about this and that and about, like, what's going to open up at the movies this week. And I've been delving into a little bit of a little bit of my background as a movie theater guy the the time I spent over at UA6 UA6 here in Santa Rosa sadly is a uh, shuttered its door for the last time it actually shuttered its doors for the last time before the before the pandemic started and they're just never gonna they're never gonna open up again which is sad but uh we talk about that over there on at the movies just some general movie theater thoughts eventually I'll get into like video store video store thoughts. I got a lot of opinions on movies sometimes. I go to the movies like all the time. I've kind of quit talking about it on, on this show so I I felt like I'd move it over to at the movies with IC Robots. You can get that every week over on uh, Patreon. Support 
thereport.com. We have some, uh, we have some new ideas for some patron stuff. Maybe some merch, maybe some collectible merch is in the works. I don't want to give anything away in that regard, but it could be coming up soon. You can hop on over there and, uh, take a look at all the perks, all the details, all the whatnot with that. Any support is greatly appreciated, man. Any support in any form, but, uh, you know, if you don't want to do that, just, like, retweet this. Go to Twitter, find the tweet, tweet it out, tweet it out yourself, share it on the Facebook, share it on, uh, MySpace, or what have you, but, uh, no, man, we're gonna, we're gonna head for the hill. It's been a lot of fun. We will be back next week. We'll find out more about Food Cubes. We'll, um, open another G.I. Joe. Got another G.I. Joe over here. We'll talk about that. Then I got one more after that, then we might, we might end up switching back to Motus, but, uh, that is in in the wind. We don't know. Whatever happens will happen, and we'll all enjoy it when it does. But uh, until that day comes, until we meet up again, until we're all together holding hands around the world, this is me, I see robots saying, if you don't like the news, go out there and make some of your own. All right, um, man, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall.